Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Kranqua, and Hohokam people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Queer and Fire podcast, a travel podcast from a couple of queer femmes providing tips and resources for traveling safely while black, brown, queer, disabled, or from any marginalized group in between. I am one of your co-hosts, Sir Auntie Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blazing Blur, joined by... Shenanigans! hey <laughs> hey And we have been gone for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got super duper sick in November, and it lasted for about four weeks, and now I'm still dealing with the lingering cough. I did not have the Rona. I had the, the other thing. Yeah, the um, thing. And, and then I got sick on you. And then you got sick. And we did try, I think one time we were going to get together, but it didn't work out. And we yeah, because your ceiling fell down. Oh yeah. My ceiling fell down in the bathroom. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to show pictures. Okay. This is where we're going to end. We're going to show picture. pictures. I don't want to show pictures. Um, that, yeah. So it's been, That's it's been hole. a dramatic November and partial December. And while technically I'm usually on mental health hiatus in December from podcasting, mm-hmm. not having gotten any work done in November, I'm doing some podcast work here in december but also our audience is now i think a month out without having getting uh an episode and we're too new of a show to have that long of a week we're allowed to fall apart but we gotta get it together get it together all right so should Uh, we tell them the good news which good news you have a little app on your phone that's a countdown oh i didn't know if that's a good news i like (laughs) i've had that counter since like going since august um tell the internet tell our internet so internets we have determined that we we have determined a move date we had a rough date for a while but now we have an official 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 move date from uh from houston to merida uh we are going to be well actually all of us will be traveling together Mm -hmm. on march 22nd or 23rd (laughs) It's one, 22nd, 23rd, um, 2023, and we are finally moving to Merida. So if based off of the 22nd, mm-hmm. 102 days, That's right. the countdown begins. Okay. I know I'm going to miserably fail at this, but one of my goals is that every day for 100 days, I post something about... I love that. Leading up to this thing. I love uh, that. I think I'm going to fail miserably at that because every time I even try to go 30 days doing some kind of post stuff, I, I fail. I know. But this is a real big change. If everything goes well with what we're going to be doing, I will right? never live in the United States right. again. Mm-hmm. Um, so 102 days. Mm-hmm. That's, way, that's, that's where we is. So here's the mini plan. That we know because we, we all know that planning is great, but when you're doing something like this, nothing goes according to the plan. But this is the mini plan. The mini plan. Um, because of it's, it's been a little interesting trying to find online work, yes. right? So, um, and um, my partner can't just up and leave because he's needed here in the United States. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of be the backers, but we're going to travel to and from. So the plan is you're going to do the snowbird method. It makes me feel like one of those like people I don't like, but that's okay. It's true. It's just the reverse snowbird because you're leaving Arizona to go somewhere else. Go to where else. Yeah. So, um, but the plan is my partner and I, 
Vortis um, or Jeff, is, uh, we're going to get on a plane from Phoenix, Arizona. We are going to fly to Houston to meet mm -hmm. up with Charmaine and Tristan. Mm -hmm. We are going to each be assigned a cat. El gato. Because we have four. Uh, cuatro gatos. And we are going to be in charge of one cat on the plane. Everybody gets a cat. That's right. From Houston, Houston to Merida. To Merida. Yeah. Um, we are still trying to figure out what's the best way of how to stay down there. Because like right now, Charmaine and Tristan and the cats, they are the priority. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking that maybe they get their own spot because the cats might need their own, Yeah. you know, room to be in. So they're like, where am I? It smells or weird. Or if we get like a maybe a three bedroom spot, a three bedroom have like a cat room or some shit yeah, like that. Something. Oh. Or we, you get something and then I'll be closer. But yeah. it, it, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. It out. But they're the priority. They're the 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 ones that if they need the money, they need the this, they need and the And you're going to stay stuff. in Medida with us essentially for about two to half to three, three weeks. weeks. Three weeks, yeah. We are going to use that time to meet with the right people that we're supposed to meet with to secure yep. an actual more permanent residence during that time. Yep. And um, do as much exploring as you're comfortable doing yep. out in the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of settling in. Uh, what's great about this is that I know that at a minimum we're committed to at least a five to six month time there. And if we love it, our plan is to just hunker yep. and, and maybe uh, reach out for residency. If you get down there and you're mm -hmm. like, this is fine, yeah, but I think I want to try the other places, then every time you come down, we will go mm -hmm. and visit someplace else. We'll do someplace else. Yeah. I, I don't. I hope. I mean, I don't, I've never been there, but I have a feeling I'm going to love it. The only thing that makes me have anxiety or the two top things are the dogs mm -hmm. and work. I mean, fingers crossed, we can use this show as a jump off to whatever it is that we're doing down exactly. there. Exactly. Um, I, with, with my work as, as, as the podcaster of like militantly mixed and blurred comics and stuff like that, um, my, my goal is to always do something that is community building in some way, shape or form, helping mixed folks, helping black and brown folks, helping intersectional people basically, which is obviously the show is doing the same thing. Um, so it's really about just finding that niche that allows me to pull my passions, all my yep. passions together into one thing, mm -hmm. which yep. queer and far more than any of the other things I have is kind of that thing. It's, you know, I get to be my brown self, my queer self, my comic book nerd, my traveling mm -hmm. enthusiast. And and hopefully in, in some way, shape or form, I'll be able to parlay this into the... Um, like heritage built, like the heritage tracing type of stuff that I've been wanting to yeah. do for a long time. Um, so that like, I don't really know where to start, but I'm hoping that just jumping to a new country and like having to, having to deal with my own figure cultural, cultural yep. immersion that I'll be able to figure out a way to, to do something into that. One of the things that has been very passionate for you that we've been talking about for the last couple of years is some form of assistance for uh, both trans and disabled people to travel or to travel for medical reasons mm -hmm. or what have you, or even to get settled somewhere else. Um, so between the two of us for safety. So between the two of us, if we're able to find a way to create some sort of safe travel platform that will cover all of the things that we're trying to cover, I think there's something there. 
that you right. and I together could right. actually do really well. Okay. Um, so if we're, we're either going to be travel entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or entrepreneurs that travel. Travel, or, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. Or, no, okay. the big thing is we're going to figure it out. Right. Sorry, camera. Come on. Every I'm time you here. get close to the camera, you blur out. There it's because I move too much. I, I got to... Uh. Yeah, that's your spot right there. I'm so I'm mm. so animated and he did not be that way, but mm. my big thing is that I like to lean in for emphasis to my microphone. <laughs> um okay, so that's it. So we have a, we're 102 days. We're going to be giving you guys updates as we go along. Yes. Um so the, the day we are recording this is December 10th, but, but 102 days the the counter has started to tick 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 tick. Mhm. And, uh, and yeah, that's, uh, it got real as shit when, uh, we, when we've, it really, the date has more to do. It's a combination of things is that, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of was like March. I don't want to go any further than March. I just, I'm, I'm just like done. I'm, I don't want to let it linger. Um, March puts me a year after I left the comic book shop. I was already talking about moving to Medida back then, yeah. but, um, without setting a date, it's just an idea. Mm-hmm. Even when we started the show, it was still just still kind of I... an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you said, okay, I finally have a, a break, break mm-hmm. where we can, cause I think maybe I was being a little like nervous about just going. Um, but if we go as a group effort, that was a little bit of an easier thing. So when you gave me that, that date thing, I'm like, well, actually that works out. Technically my lease here where I'm living ends the end of February. I've talked to them about extending for one month. They've said that's fine. And okay. um, that's it. Okay. So that, and that's what we're doing. Or 23rd. And to be fair, internets, do, I would prefer to be doing this the way maybe Charmaine was doing it. Hey, we're gone. Let's, let's go. But that's Life, not, yeah. it's not an option. So yeah. we're going to do another option. And that's the thing that I think you and I have talked about so often is that we can make plans, but more importantly, let's have options. Yeah. Because we still want to make this work, so let's make it work. Have as many options as possible. Yeah. Like I think where where it's gotten for for Tree and me is that we don't have a home anymore. Yeah. Meaning, like, there's not a a city or a town mm-hmm. that we feel is our home. We have moved around. We're very nomadic people. We're both military kids, so like we both kind of like moving. Mm-hmm. Um. I think probably tree more than I would like to settle somewhere. And, but, um, but the things that we enjoy are totally different. I like city life. He does not. I don't like suburbs or small towns. He does everywhere we've been has been one of us is fine and thriving and the other one's not. And I'm hoping that even though Medida is a small city, Mm -hmm. um, because it's in a different culture and because, you know, maybe their version of city life is, is different, you know, to where I can feel yeah. like I still have access to that city life while also having a slower pace life. Um, and uh, as I'm getting older, I'm, I am also kind of wanting a slower yeah. pace life too, or whatever, I guess. So, um, but it being someplace where I can actually explore and um, engage in different cultural practices and things like that like that i think is becoming more important to me than whether or not Mm -hmm. like 40 cabs drive past me before i get one you know yeah (laughs) um so yeah i think i hopefully if we if we both like it i you know hopefully that will be some place that we can always return back to Mm -hmm. um even though ultimately for me my my goal for the future is that i end up 
getting my dual citizenship and setting up a permanent residency in the UK somewhere mm -hmm. and then bouncing to right. other countries for two to three months at a time to live a year, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a year. Yeah. Um, I would like to spend a year in Japan if I could. I would like to spend I a year in Gabon if I could, because those are my heritage it. places. Um, if that if that would be too difficult, then I would like to at least spend two to three months hmm. living in these you know other places and then coming back to my main right. home. But for at least the next possibly two to three years, four years if we want to get residency in Mexico. So yeah, I am still actively trying to learn Spanish and Japanese at the same time at different times of day, which is very yeah. difficult. And I don't have a po polyglot mind. I would love mm -hmm. to be a polyglot, but I'm not. Uh, so like earlier today when we said about the cats, I said cuatro and in my head I was going nickel, 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 nickel. And then I was like, what the fuck is the word? Because I know the word in Spanish, but Neko was screaming louder in my head. So I got to work on how to separate. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to mess up. And then people are going to look at us like this. Listen, when I'm on my Pimsleur or I'm on my uh, Duolingo, the confidence in my Spanish is so strong. Oh, right. And then the minute my ceiling in my bathroom collapse and Jimmy comes in to come and fix it, and he's like, how's your Spanish coming? And I'm like, suddenly I don't know any words. I just could like, yeah, I get I get completely. Um... I, I'm so appreciative of, of Jeff because he loves it. He loves messing up. He is no, he'll walk right into a full room and he'll just start going. And they're like, oh, we're, OK, OK, this is the word we use instead. And the, and he just loves it. He just he loves likes it. To be yeah. Well, he doesn't mind. And I, you know, it's really important. Like you're going to do this. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to yeah. feel awkward. And he doesn't have a problem with that at all. He's way better at that than I am. This is what's so been so weird this year alone. I've discovered two things about myself that I did not know was a problem because okay. in most cases I do not get embarrassed. I don't have that embarrassment gene. You, yep. I could spill, I could fall. I could, yeah. any kind of things, I could fart loud. Like, yeah. I do not get embarrassed around people. I just Good. don't. And it's a joke in my family and in my household that, like, like that I I have no shame, but not in, like, a aggressive way, but just in, like, a, so you'll never see that person again. Who cares? Yeah, or, who cares? Right, yeah. So you farted. They're going to fart, too. They're just not doing it for any. Everybody like, farts. I, yeah, like, I just don't have that. But a problem that we're having and why don't we don't release more travel videos is that I am terrible at maintaining my tr my my phone camera recording while in public because yeah. I suddenly get really self-conscious that people think I'm one of those creators. I am one of those creators. But for some reason, <laughs> I'm afraid that people are going to think that. And I think that that feeling I'm experiencing is embarrassment. But because I don't have any frame of reference for embarrassment, like I literally never have, mm -hmm. it's like, right? It's like learning. It's like how TikTok is showing me that I'm probably autistic and I just need to go get a diagnostic. It's like that. It's like, like show me on the cards what emotion yes. I'm supposed to have in this moment. Yes. I, that's yes. what I'm experiencing. Of just like, is this embarrassment because like my skin's hot? I'm aware of everybody, even though they're not looking at me. I'm assuming that they're looking at me and judging me. And I just feel sweaty and weird. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop. And so like you even said, like, I can't make a video off of this. Cause like you <laughs> did, you did like a one second video and it's just like, people are looking at me. So or something down. I got or more pictures down. of her butt. Or I'm like walking else. with it in my butt pocket and didn't realize I didn't turn it off. Um, which like, 
I apologize to my <laughs> Japanese ancestors. I've always been a really great photographer, but I'm a terrible videographer. So there's a thing. Um, so that's one thing I've learned this year about myself. And okay. the other thing is that I, I am so uncomfortable speaking a language to the people who speak that language, but I love to speak a language that I, is not my language to people who don't speak that language. Yep. I will speak Japanese in front of you all day. French, sure. Spanish, yep. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get me in front of a speaker of that natural, you know, a natural speaker, and suddenly I'm just like, I don't know words anymore. How yep. does my tongue work? I don't understand. Like, I can't, I, and I did, and I guess that's another embarrassment thing. I did not realize I harbored any, I really thought I just, like, lacked an embarrassment gene. Right. So it's kind of jarring to, like, go 45 years or 44, I guess, from last year, never thinking I was never going to have this problem. And just like now I have this huge, like, impact. Okay. So you know how outgoing I am usually, right? Yes. And I'll talk yes. to anyone. Uh, it's ever since, like, this pandemic stuff, like, I could talk. I, if you're online, fine. On the phone, whatever. Face-to-face, -face, I am no longer good at it anymore. Face-to-face? -face? Yeah, especially when they start getting close to me. I start going... Oh yeah, I well, I've always hated when people come close. I to me know, anyway, but um, but yeah, and I actually question myself if that's what it's been like for you when people get close or touch you. I'm so hyper vigilant that when people in my vicinity or touch me now, you know that um, you know like that experiment you always did as a kid when you had two magnets and you would push the sides that didn't yes. touch. That's I have yes. that force field. Okay, so. If someone starts to come into that, I feel that pressure. Yes. And I, my go, body I starts go back. to, you know, and, uh, and, you know, for a long time it became, and this is one of those things like a cultural competency that people probably don't even realize that they're being problematic when they're doing it. Mm -hmm. But people would be like, oh, I'm a hugger. It's fine. And I'm like, I'm not a hugger. And they're like, Hugger's. it's okay. And they would just like invade my body space. And until I started telling people, you do not have consent. Mm-hmm to touch my body. And then they'd go, Whoa, Whoa. Like I was the one being crazy. And I'm like, I do not like to be touched or have my private area, my private, what's yep. that called? Personal space. personal space or have my personal space invaded. So when you telling me it's no big deal, I'm a, I'm a hugger. You're telling me, I don't care. You don't How have you body feel. autonomy, mm -hmm. you know, like all kinds of stuff. Um, and that it's just going to be better if I just let you hug yeah. me. And and people think that there's some kind of tragedy that happened to me, yeah. and that's why I don't like to be touched. The tragedy that happened to me is that I am the product of a British and Japanese family. Mm -hmm. Like that's the tragedy. I come from two cultures, and I tragedy in quotation marks. Um, I come from two cultures that are non physically affectionate. The way yeah. that those two cultures show affection are in totally different ways. Mm -hmm. With Asian, East Asian in particular, it's it's food. I'm going to feed the shit out of you. Then I'm going to tell you you're fat afterwards. That's I'm going to tell you you need to eat more. I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to tell you you're fat afterwards. That <laughs> is how you get affection in an East Asian household. It's a stereotype, but it's a stereotype for a reason because it comes <laughs> from reality. Some stereotypes do. That's how I know my Japanese family loves me because they said, oh, you need to eat. They feed me. Then they tell me I'm you're getting get, fat. You're getting that chubby. is how it works. On the British side... Hard to say, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I, I just didn't have that kind of Nana. Like my, my Nan is not the kind that was like, she wouldn't dole out a compliment or anything like mm -hmm. that. So I couldn't tell you to this day if my Nana actually loved me. Couldn't tell you. 
Mm-hmm. I know she's still alive or whatever. We don't talk anymore. But I could not tell you. But my cousin that I'm close to pays for shit and then tells me to shut up. So I think that's how. Oh, you mean like just buys you stuff and then just says yes. shut up. I don't, I don't want to talk to you though. Don't hug me. Yes. <laughs> don't talk so, about feelings. Don't talk about don't feelings. Do, don't do that. Just feelings take this plane no. ticket. You know, like I think that's because like he's the reason why I got to England in 2014. He was like, I'm right. buying you a ticket. Just tell me what airport and what your birthday is. And you know, like the, the, the things. Right. And I was like, no, 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 that's too much money. And he's like, I'm doing it anyway, but it's going to be worse if I don't have your information. So just give me your information, you know, like, right. that, and then it was like, don't talk about the money after that. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think so. that's how British people will show affection or at least my family. was but- just like, how am I, how are we going to maneuver through a more like, touchy culture? Okay. So I do have issues with it. And actually this is the accidental topic for today. Um, so it's actually a good one. Um, so, okay. The way my brain works, I think is that if I'm aware of a cultural practice that's outside of my own, I can yeah. usually adjust to it well if mm-hmm. I understand it, if I understand that it's a thing. Right. So like um, for many, many years, I had a best friend who was um, Arabic and their family kisses three times mm-hmm. uh, on the face, you know, whatever, while squeezing and hugging and stuff like that. It was jarring at first, but once I got used to it and became aware of it, um, then it was became automatic for me. So if I was in the presence of Arabs, it turned on, whether it was that family or different Arabs, I can just right. do it. Um, and it doesn't make me cringe like if some rando just comes up and wants to hug me or right. tells me they're a hugger. Um, it, because like I've had time to tell myself, oh, this is a cultural practice that exists. Right. Um, with, uh, with my black side of my family or black people in general, I'm usually far more affectionate to my black friends than I am to anybody else because affection is different in the black community than it is in like the other parts of my family. And so even though my black family was also interlaced with being British and like my, say my immediate family was not physically affectionate, our extended family was. And so the times I had to be around them, I could adjust to that. It still stresses me out a little bit sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, I find myself a little bit, I can get to an affectionate port in a relationship or friendship with uh, black friends, black American friends faster than I can with any other people. Any other people. Okay. Any All other right. people. Full stop. Um, Italians, I've, I've had, Ita- I mean, you're one of them. Yeah. Um, Italian friends are very uh, affectionate. Like there's friends that I would actually be more affectionate with, but because they're very thoughtful about my touching thing, they are mm-hmm. not physically affectionate with me. Like mm-hmm. my co-host on Blurred Comics, uh, he and I will hug when we see each other, but for the most part, we don't have yeah. a, a physical huggy type relationship or friendship or something like that. So when he would see me start to show my signs that I'm getting uncomfortable with how many people around me, he'll, he forms this like arm bubble. I can't wait to meet him. Which he does not, he doesn't I, touch me, he, but he's six, five. So he's gigantic. I, he would just I like, cannot, what's his name again? this, you know, and kind of guide me out of a space. So he's just a good friend who can tell my yeah. tells. And rather than contribute to it by touching me to steer me, he just gives me an air, uh, an air bubble to. What's his name? Is it something with red? Shambe. Shambe. I don't but know But he goes why. by Blurred Vision on. Okay. Oh, that's that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So, um, so it's things like that. Like I have friends that like him, I've known since I was eight years old, we're definitely past the point of me being uncomfortable and I could definitely be more touchy with him, but he's aware of my thing. And so he's just mindful of it. And he's like, I don't want to violate your comfort. So I'm not going to do it. I, Um, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking like, I'm just looking forward to like testing some things out. I'm knowing I'm going to have anxiety because of medical issues, internet, like my partner and I have been pretty much in isolation this entire time um we still do classes we still do like i do stuff where i do interact with people on a daily basis but we do the outside we do it yeah you like we and do even, it i've with seen me- you since the pandemic and we've stood away from apart. each other yeah mm-hmm. during that and time. i'm and she knows me i am not like that but now i notice that i am more like this now than ever before and i want i hope i can make a little bit of i'd like to be a little bit more personal or so I get open. super, super touchy once I get past a hump with somebody. Yeah. Um, I get super, super touchy, almost like a cat. You know the cat that'll, like, won't mm-hmm. let you touch it, but will always Don't put a paw me. on you when you're sitting next to you? I'm that. I'm very I'm very much that. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, like, I think I'll be able to adjust. I think at first, like, it'll take me a couple of, you know, tries, and then all of a sudden it'll happen. But a lot of times, like even here, living in the third ward of Houston, I am around a predominantly black community. And so there's more times that people would just hug me. The other part mm. is I live in the South, which mm. is a very, you know, the South can be, is a very huggy culture too. Yeah. So there were times when, because I was working in the shop and I'm trying to grow that business, I was just like, suck it up, you know, take the straight. Suck it up, my guy. You know, like, mm. and it was hard. And there would be mm. days I'd go home and I'd be just like flattened because it was so right. much. It's a so lot much of work to, to let that happen. I'm hoping, and I've been trying to get myself to a state of being like, you're going to be a fish out of water. So everything's going to be an uncomfortable, like at first could right. potentially be an uncomfortable yeah. situation. And so just like, yeah. get yourself into a mode of just like, is this right. cultural or is this this individual? And, well, you know, and and for, okay. So for me, like I and you, I know you for, for a fact, we love learning yeah. from people about, what not just not just their cultures what they do what 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 are you enjoying what do you nerd out about like we love that we love to know more and more and more in fact to the point of being like are you writing a book like so many questions you're and, infiltrating right no, no, yeah just, like, like a, a natural curiosity yeah. right we have a natural curiosity to and um this is the first time since the pandemic that i'm gonna go back into because i really enjoy that but i've been noticing as i've been trying to go back into society like practice i'm like I am hesitating like I've never had before and mm. I, I'm going to have to work on that. I, I so, can I can say that you are a very different version of yourself. It's not like you're you're so different that I can't recognize you. It's not that, but you you're definitely a very different version of yourself. And I think I I think I am too. I mean, I think I've always my candy-coated shell has always been present and hasn't gone away. Yes. Um mm-hmm. but I think it was probably harder when you met me yeah um whereas now i'm i'm i am a little bit more open i'm still very guarded i'm still it's, it still takes a, a quite a while to, to earn trust with me um but i i'm open to if i'm how do i say this outside of the u.s or outside of my outside of the quote-unquote mainstream here if I'm in a different space, I will I can adjust quicker to the culture that's around 
than not. I've developed over the course of podcasting, I've developed some friendships that have become like real life friendships and stuff. True. And um, one of them, I remember like, so we'd known each other for about a year and a half to two years. We've done a lot of work together in Black and Asian Solidarity. Um, never met in person, but we've done all kinds of stuff. We happened to land at the airport. We were going to the same event, so we happened to land at the airport at this, around the same time. So we just decided to meet at the airport and travel together and immediately running and jumping into each other's arms. We are both mixed Asians. <laughs> you know, so the fact that, like, we developed that friendship that by yeah. the time we were physically around each other, we did gather that closest. So I'm not saying that it's entirely impossible for me yeah. to get there. Uh, it's just that it is, it comes with some difficulty for me in some cases. Right. Well, for, I guess, to, to, you know, we'll, we'll put this to bed and then we'll move on to the next, the next subject. But it's like, it, I just think it's interesting. I feel like you're becoming more outgoing and I'm becoming more, <laughs> like, more well, reserved. I've also become a personality. Like, uh, to uh, be sure. fair, okay. I, I am, yeah. I'm Charmaine Fury, the Blasian yeah. Blurred, you know, the mixed podcaster. Okay. So the, I've you, been okay. public speaking more. I've been, and stuff like that. I've always talked this much. I've always, I've always been a big talker That's true. and stuff like that. That's true. Um, I, I will hold court. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I will hold court, but mm-hmm. uh, I just realized how red my tongue is because, and we're not sponsored, but big red. We're not sponsored. Texas. Um, my favorite thing about Texas. Um, the, uh, I, I will always hold court, but I am wary of people. But now that I've become a podcaster, I have, I realize my, my zero to being on is shorter. Ah, now. Okay. 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 Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the goal guys. Okay. Internet. So you're going to help me come up with my shenanigans personality. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to stick with that and I will form. It'll just form like around that. Okay. Cause, Cause the thing is like, I, I get told like the reason why some people like to listen to my show beyond when it, when it's no longer about them. Mm-hmm. So militantly mixed in particular, right. like I have some people who listen all the time. And I have some people who are like, oh, there's a black and Korean person. Okay, I'll listen to that because I'm also black and Korean. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some people that mm-hmm. look for their mix, and then there's some that are just right. like, whatever. Um, f- with the, the, the emails that I get about me is about my authenticity and how I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. always me. Always you. That is true about me. But at the same time, the me that is on the podcast is a si- slightly more amplified mm-hmm. me. So I'm still me. I'm still doing my authentic shit or whatever. But you turn that but you you press stop, and I immediately the air goes out. <laughs> you know, like I immediately just like, Ugh. oh, you know. Yeah. So, so it is like it okay. just it does just develop. I didn't know it happened. It just happened. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was very consistent the whole time, and then I started to realize that like, okay, showtime, bing. You know, like I, yep. it, it's very. Yep. It's a lot I, quicker now than it I used to be. I completely, I completely understand because I. It is weird to see clients. that switch between the two of us, though. I know. If we were doing something like this, like if podcasting existed, if Back YouTube then. existed when we went to college, I think at the time it was AdamFilms.com was the only like thing, yeah. and was, you know, it would take twenty five minutes for and, your and MySpace movie to like. No, MySpace wasn't even a thing when we were in. Was it we after were on Friendster? Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, it was. It, it's been a minute. We're old. But back then, if this existed, you would have been the more outgoing person. Yeah. I would have been just like waiting to trust 
things. And then I would come in and start talking. Yeah. And stuff like I that. already know how this is going to go. You're going to be on the camera most of the time and I'm going to be filming and yeah. I'm okay with that. And there's occasionally, well, I will turn the camera around and be like, hi everybody. I am here. <laughs> You're and, like... and then go back to my, my business. <laughs> okay. That, that works for me too. I, know, I don't I... want to hold the camera. Uh, and uh, I, th I think this is going to be a beautiful relationship it's, it's once be, we get, once I get over together. or work through my shit, maybe get a therapist. I don't know. Internet, yeah, help me out. Yeah, hopefully that, that we'll um, find something for that. But yeah, no, so, 102 days. 102 days. We're we ready to go. We have a lot go. to do. I'm working on getting rid of stuff. So if mm -hmm. if y'all are in the, in the market for Funko Pops. Go to we my have Macari Pops. page. Uh, yeah, link it. Link it down. <laughs> I'll the... link it below. Put it in the thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm slowly getting them up because emotionally it's tough for me to get rid of shit. But um, I'll be getting rid of a whole lot of my collectibles. Um, not my Japanese stuff, but like yeah. my American stuff. I'll get rid we'll of. Get, we'll get. We'll um, get it. So that being said, mm -hmm. I lost a whole bunch of my rubber duckies. Where I collect rubber duckies but, but where are they so many i have no idea it's not in one of my many moves or they're still in boxes somewhere who knows okay these are the only two i have one that sean bay gave me and my Union your british one. so if anybody has rubber duckies or wants to send me rubber duckies i need to oh that could be a thing queer duckies i think I, that could be a thing i, I need it i i'm like so stressed out that I cannot find any of my rubber duckies. Now I need to know. Um, now that I've got to figure out how to make a rubber ducky um, queer and far themed uh, sticker. <laughs> now that we do that, so the so on the agenda, she's um, you know Charmaine is stating that you know we're paring down, getting rid of because they're mm -hmm. planning on going pretty much with no furniture, As, uh, no furniture, two um, two major appliances, my rice cooker. Yep. Because Nihonjin mm -hmm. and my sewing machine. Yeah. And I think you're taking it or are you going to mail it? Good goddamn question. See, Nick, write, it, okay. <laughs> write, write a little okay. note. Okay, write it down. So, um, and it then... It would be difficult. Okay. Could I go? How long? Okay. Let's, let's figure this you out. Pay, you pay for additional baggage. How long could I go without my rice cooker? I don't want to even, I like, don't want to, I like, don't want to be, if, if we're down it. there for three weeks with no rice cooker, I'm not staying with you because you're going to get violent and I don't want to deal with that. I'm not. Because the thing is like right now, like when my rice cooker was broken, the tragedy of my, my rite of passage rice cooker, my husband submerged it, trying to clean it out. Submerged. Trying to be thoughtful. Underwater. Here. Just with soap crazy. uh i went eight weeks without at home rice how eight was weeks. it i mean i got through it but i've also been massively depressed over the last two months are they the same thing <laughs> are they the same thing we don't know could they be yeah <laughs> Could it be just like post-con, post-travel blues, a Close very difficult really situation with a, a friend kind of transitioning out of friendship, not having a rice cook? Could it be all those things? Maybe. I don't fucking know. I suffer from depression and anxiety. But for eight weeks, I didn't have a rice cooker. 
or in-home rice. Could I have gone? Like, I did get rice. I went to Japanese yeah, places, I and I, like, ate rice and shit like that. I mean, that's the other part. I don't think we sur- I don't think we live if we don't have rice. So, like, yeah. I had rice. Uh, I just didn't have home rice. But I'm going to Mexico, and the rice is different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm going to try to find a Japanese. Like, I already looked for a Japanese, rest- uh, a Japanese grocery store. There is an Asian grocery I, I think I'll be able to get some of my shit, like I, all this stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Could I reasonably ship my rice cooker mm-hmm. to you so mm-hmm. that when you came back home, you mm-hmm. shipped it to me? To me? Yes, I could. But could I? I don't know. Because I could go for a minute without my sewing machine. I don't have anything I planned project. I do want to sew some shit, but I just don't have room right now. As my house is in chaos as I'm packing and unpacking. Well, shit. we'll we'll do is we'll look into we'll look into either um, what are the prices for because like you guys got the, as you're paring down, there's going to be more stuff you're taking. No, I absolutely, because you don't even realize like you're not going with two suitcases. You're going with way more than that. Yeah, and actually, I need to get suitcases. I which I they're sitting on my um, Amazon wish list. If anybody okay. wants to buy me a suitcase, um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they're Marvel. They're Marvel hard cases. Oh, of course they are. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I know I'm working on getting rid of clothes. I, I I'm doing a little bit better with that. Uh, even though my t-shirts are very difficult because it's like I got my comic book t-shirts, I got my like message t-shirts and shit like that. And then I got my podcast t-shirts. So I'm working on that, working on getting rid of my toys. I've only sold three so far. So it's not like I haven't tried to sell more. It's just I've only sold three so far. Um, you know, I'm throwing some stuff away. I'm getting, I'm getting to a place where like I'm ready to just get rid of everything. I yep. would love to be the kind of person – I will never be this person, but I would love to be the kind of person – that could pare my stuff all down to one really oversized duffel and a backpack. Not right now, but yes, that's a good, that's a good goal to have. I would love to but, be that person. But not for moving your life to Merida, Mexico with no. four cats and a with partner. Four cats, yeah. And no. two of my cats are senior citizens. One yep. of them, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, we're going to make it to, Oh, like we can't, I think she's spry enough, but she has a lot of, uh, uh, digestive mm-hmm. problems and stuff like that and so it's just getting harder and harder for her um, and so like is it three is it four I don't know uh, but until so two of them are 16 mm. we're gonna we know we're not mm. gonna have them for very much long I mean Revan could Revan's Siamese so he could he could probably stick it out for a while hold on just for spite yeah pretty much he's like gotten really skinny and he doesn't really clean himself as well as he used to but he could be like I'm going to be 25 years old. You know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that kicked me out. Yeah. Um, but my, my two younger ones are eight. And uh, and so I know that they'll, they'll be with us okay. for a while. So until such time as we either don't have cats anymore because of nature or um, right. or we find a place to settle and have 25 cats. Because <laughs> uh, if we're that's, rich enough, that's a possibility. That's right. Um, you know. That it just is what it is. I don't think I can get down to that. But my goal is to try to get down to a reasonable amount of stuff where it's pretty much my art, my toys, which are going to be hella pared down, hella, hella, yeah. hella pared down. Your laptops, your your my, equipment. My podcast equipment, yeah. my okay. two major appliances um, are going to be my rice cooker and my um, sewing machine, and I'll be ready to go. Tree, yeah. for him, it's his philosophy books. Because... So what I'll plan on doing is you will um, send me, I'm, I'm just going to, I know how to live out of a um, 
a carry on for for a month. I know how to do that because I used to do that. That's in how I travel. I never so, check a bag. So, but what I'll do is you'll order another set of bags, and then I and Jeff will I have a, an additional check bag. Yeah. That will be your stuff. Yeah. That's how all this will probably work. Okay. Yeah. Internets. Internets. We haven't told you about Charmaine's trip. My, to... my most recent trip, yeah. Um, so the last time we talked about a trip, I think I had come back from New York, right? That was the last thing? Yeah, New York Con. Um, I suffered extreme post-Comic-Con blues after New York. It was a um, because your first, it was your first New York. It was my first Comic-Con. New York Comic Con, and I just—it's the most fun I've ever had um, at a con. And I have been going to cons forever. I fucking love Comic Cons. It doesn't matter how similar the stuff is; the experience is always somewhat different. And I just fucking had a blast. And I think because in this case I traveled solo again, I was back to my more comfort mm-hmm. zone. Whereas the previous Comic Con that I went to, I had traveled with a friend, and um. You know, I mean, you can only spend so much time with with somebody um, mm-hmm. that you don't like spend time with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. so it was there was just times when I was just like, man, I just wish I could just be alone because <laughs> that's how I roll. I like to be alone. So I, it was New York Comic Con was great because I saw friends outside. Yeah, and then you know one at a time. Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 boop. And then I got I got a whole lot of alone time. It was yeah, great. a lot of pastries. A lot of pastries. Uh, and ham and cheese sandwiches. Ham and cheese sandwiches. I yeah, it was really really good time. So I came back and I had like post Comic Con blues big time. I was like mm-hmm. ready to like move to New York and live in a closet and just like be on my own forever, forever, forever. <laughs> yeah. I was I was so blissful after. So I went into this like deep depression. Plus someone was staying at my house and that was really tough too because there was this extra human. And you were sick. And then I got sick and it was just like, no, no, I didn't get sick yet. I, I just, um, I just went through that month just being like, "Mm." and then I had one trip, which was like a very small turnaround trip, but I went to, uh, Oceanside, California to speak at the black and brown nerd expo with my co-host from blurred comics, uh, blurred vision. We, we did a, a panel called Podcasting is for the Blurds, which is a panel I also did at Comic um, Palooza here in Houston, which is basically talking about representation of black and brown podcasters and in mm-hmm. nerd spaces, um, especially. And, um, and so we, we were invited to do that. So we went down there for that. This is the second time we've attended. Uh, the original one was called Black Nerds Expo, which still exists. It happens on February. And then this one is a new one, but it's a part of the same group, Black and Brown Nerd Expo. Um, and it's hosted by Mira Costa College, and uh, the organizer, the main organizer, is JD Banks, and she's like the dopest person ever. And she's also a fellow Blasian, so already we're we're BFFs. Um, so she invited us to come back to to talk about our show and and talk about podcasting and or being black and brown and nerd spaces and stuff like right. that. So we did that, um, but that was just the day. Like I flew in that morning, right. flight got delayed, got in a car, rushed up there. Right, you know, I remember that. We had a little bit of an exhibition table, which again, because of the chaos of how we got there, like how I got there and all that other kind of stuff, we didn't take that much film. Like we didn't, we didn't. Yeah, shoot that I much. didn't. Like I didn't see many pictures or video, but it, there it were just, some. It went so fast. Like I got yeah. there about two hours late, and then went straight to the, you know, straight to the stage. Like we did an Instagram right. live, and then we went straight to the stage. And then after that, we had a friend that had went to high school with us that came and visited, mm-hmm. so we talked a whole bunch. Uh, took a couple little pictures here and there, and then it was pretty much just over, and it was just Gotta like, go. Oop, yeah. it was gone. So I didn't get a picture of the comic, uh, the comic 
the costume cosplay, you know, like I didn't, it was just done. It was such, okay. such a fast turnaround. And that is the reason I went there, but it, it just, it was all a blur. So that night I went back to my hotel. So I ended up staying, I was going to stay in Oceanside, but I ended up staying in San Diego uh, so that I could get home faster, you know, mm-hmm. get closer to mm-hmm. the airport. airport. But um, it was going to cost an extra $400 if I, if I left the next day. So I ended up adding an extra day to the trip just to make the trip $400 cheaper. Jesus, I remember. And, okay, now yeah, I remember. remember. And yeah. then doing so, I had Sunday to kill. Like, what was I going to do? You know, my podcast yeah. partner was going to go back to L.A., so I was it's just going to be. And my friends that are in San Diego, like, you know, they had lives already planned and stuff like that, kids and baseball and all that kind of shit, or mm-hmm. hockey or something. So I was like, all right, what am I going to do? And I decided to go to the San Diego Zoo Safari the, Park. Safari Park. That's um, good one. And which I haven't been to since I was like 11 or 12 years old. My ago. second date with Jeff was, was the Safari Park. Mm-hmm. I love that place. It, it's it's a lot different than I recall. Like my memory of it is only tied to just the tram that takes yeah. you through like that's mm-hmm. that's the only real memory i have of it uh but i like i i let it go i went i went in for the whole day of a walk i think i had like twenty five thousand steps that day um, <laughs> which i haven't been to since i was 11 mm-hmm. and um i i have like really great memories of that because for me zoos have always been like a sad place because of the right. cages and stuff like that. Um, and what I loved about the safari park as a kid was the wide open tram space. Cause again, right. my whole memory of it was just the tram. I literally right. thought you went from like Africa to Asia. Asia. To, like, like, and then it was your whole day. I have no recollection of walking around the rest of the park. I, I just don't remember any of mm-hmm. that. Um, so when I got there, I was surprised to find out like that there was all these areas to walk around in and stuff. And, um, I did end up going through to the the tram or whatever, but before I talk about any of that experience, I want to I want to show something that I've never gotten to see in my entire life. All right, and so I immediately like it was a wrap. Like the way I felt emotional that this was the first time I ever got to see this in real life. So I just want to share with everybody what I got to see. Oh, there's a little roo in the kanga pouch. You're so cute. Can you see it? It's yes. Just... There's a little baby. Look at him. Just a little baby. Okay. Okay. One. <laughs> that is that is that is adorable. However, your reaction. <laughs> it's a baby kangaroo. It's a, no, it's not even how you, it's not. That's not how you said it. It's a baby kind of, like, like you're about to cry. I am like it is. I've never seen. Uh, no. I've seen kangaroos before, but and I've seen baby kangaroos, but I've never seen in in in, in the flesh. I've never seen. But do you notice how close I am to this? You thing? are very close, and that, there she, is not a fence between us. She is very aware that you were there. Yes. And there's, I'm, I'm surrounded by like 12 people around me too. There's not a fence between us. What there is, is a grass line. So we weren't allowed to cross the grass, but if you go into what's considered the, uh, uh, Australia section, um, there's parts that are kind of cordoned off through glass, but Mm -hmm. it's all wide open. And so they can literally come up to you if they want to, you're not supposed to go up to them, but they can come up to you if they want to. But this one was about, I want to say like 15, 12 to 15 feet away with a roux. Like I was so shocked that it, I don't know why I keep calling it a roux. I'm because I'm a 
Kangaroo so winning the poop. You're winning the poop fan. Um, but like we're gonna play poop. Like winner. I was like, so they they like the person that there's always a guide. Like if there was if there was a kangaroo anywhere near people, there was a guide to to make sure the people didn't do anything. Right. Um, and so like, I could hear her getting on the thing and being like, okay, she's a little bit nervous and wary. So like everybody keep a heightened attention yeah. or whatever. Cause there was another section about 20 feet down the hill from where we're standing, where a whole bunch of kangaroos had congregated and, uh, she was going to be heading towards there. But if we gave her too much anxiety, she might, you know, throw, throw down, um, throw hands she went down there and stuff literally. Like that. But yeah, Literally. I was so excited. I've never seen in my whole life, I've never seen a rule in a pouch before. Oh my god. I fucking love it. I was so mad that it like lost um focus for a period of time. And and then she bounced. Like she almost immediately after this, she hops away. She's like, um, get out of here. But yeah, so I did see I did see a number of um of you know, like I saw. So I haven't been there in a while. Question. It, when you say grass, does that mean you're walking on pavement? Yeah, so you're on okay. like a, a path, and then okay. there's a grass line. And so if you have a stroller or wheelchair... You can't take you're... strollers in. Wheelchair, okay. you, couldn't, you weren't supposed to be able to take anything rolling. Or maybe you transferred... To something that they had? Yeah, because I, I noticed a lot of people that were wheelchair-bound folks were in these... These carts that had um, uh, like a overhang to kind of block the sun for people, but yeah. everybody had them. So mm. I think they were transferring they... people from their natural uh, wheelchairs into those. Um, and so I think those probably could go in. But now that you say it, I realize I don't recall while in the the because the kangaroo compound thing, you had to go into a door and let everybody collect however many people and then close the door and then you could open the other door so you can get in just in case there was a kangaroo standing by so you couldn't pop out mm -hmm. so that the kangaroos couldn't pop out and go directly outside so you had that like i call it an airlock because i've watched a lot of sci-fi but that's not really what it was it was just a little room that you would enter until the doors was closed then you could open the door to go out into there and then you were on this path which was like a gravel path um so i i don't I think there was a different area in which they would push the people that were on wheelchairs where they could see. Yeah, mobility-assisted device policy. Uh, San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance is dedicated to providing all the guests equal enjoyment of wonderful experiences offered in its parks, um, which is San Diego, guys. And so San Diego Zoo and San Diego Zoo Safari Park, they're owned by the same company. Just yeah, because so you know. the Safari Park was originally the breeding Yes, facility. Program. It didn't become open to the public until much later, but it is still the breeding program for the San Diego Zoo. So a lot of the animals that end up coming through the zoo come from the park first. And then, of course, the park has its own um, attractions as well. So, okay, so here, by pedestrian, okay, so we, the parks are primarily pedestrian environment. By pedestrian, we mean that individuals who move within walking areas or with, with or without the use of walking-assisted uh, devices such as crutches, like braces, wheelchairs, etc. Park attendance is often at a high capacity, resulting in busy pedestrian pathways. Our goal is to maintain a safe pedestrian travel flow for all visitors while allowing the use of mobility assisted devices um, that do not function that do not functionally alter the nature of the experience parks provided. So in order to maintain the safety 
Uh, parks do not allow guests to bring in or use wheelchair vehicles within the grounds. Bicycles, tricycles, scooters, skateboards, roller skates, or seminal modes of transportation are not allowed. Uh, parks allow stroller. Oh, the parks allow strollers as well as um, following the mobility assist advice. Use with disabilities, wheelchairs, electric scooters, and segways. All segways entering the park must be operated in turtle mode. Oh, so everything must be on a low setting. Yeah. Because I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the 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 um, electric wheelchairs that you can rent at Disneyland, they have turtle and rabbit mode. And let me tell you about rabbit. Oh, really? You're going to hurt people in rabbit mode. Really? I scared yeah. the crap out of myself in rabbit mode. <laughs> I, I, I definitely noticed that everybody had that similar, like, uh, covered push chair. Um, it was it was controlled, but it it wasn't. But so many people had them that I was like, oh, those belong to the park. I could understand why they wouldn't necessarily allow it in the in the kangaroo compound though, because like you could like me Get standing hurt. could make the the kangaroos go jumpy. Right. So if like a person is in a wheeled thing, who knows? And it's what. making a noise or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think there was an overhang area or something yeah. where you could like well, look down into it and not walk down into they it. They say that they provide accommodation for people who do need assistance on the grounds. So they also offer shuttles that are available for guests with it with limited mobility and guests who use wheelchairs running on a continuous loop, stopping at the base park and the Akovanko outpost. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and neither do I, but I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, the park has offered limited numbers of wheelchairs and electric scooters for rent. In addition, the park provides um, free admission for personal attendance or a caregiver for a person who needs assistance. Oh, that's good. Assist that's nice. Yeah. Um, but they have a whole policy, guys. Um, and I will link that here. Oops. I will link that here for you guys if you ever want to go. I highly suggest going to this park. It's I wonderful. Love it. Um, most for the most part, it's open enough that you don't feel like the animals are like the saddest parts for me are where the birds are. Okay, it always yeah. bothers me that they have such small areas for birds. Um, you know, and even for like, you know, like the toucan. The toucan was in a space that was smaller than this bedroom that I'm in right now. Yeah, and I'm you know like I, I don't love that. You know, like I wish there was a sanctuary where the birds can actually fly around. The eagles were in a relatively small, given the yeah. size of the bird. Bird itself, yeah. A, re a relatively small um, thing. Um, but like the lions, the the tigers, the tigers had a big area, but they're sectioned off because they had to separate some of the tigers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not the most luxurious of places. Um, but, you know, the safari part of it is really nice. Part of me kind of wishes they would let the lions or the cheetahs go out because, like, that's their nature, you know, because all and of these animals just get fed. But natural selection. Not for, like, us to watch necessarily, but, like, so that they can stay cats or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Circle of life type of thing. Maybe that's advocating for weird kind of violence. But, um, <laughs> but you know, because there's, like, so many gazelles and so many zebras and so many um, giraffes and stuff like that. And they're just chilling. And I imagine they have some sort of um, birth control system mm -hmm. because they can't just like, because zebras will populate if you oh, don't, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. You know, nature, as as uh, what, um, our, our Lord and Savior, um, Jeff Goldblum said, <laughs> nature uh, finds a way. A nature finds a way. <laughs> a finds a way. Um, so, our, um, so yes, 
but overall great experience i overall was a great experience if even as a solo person like i like to be alone so it's not that big a deal for me to go to an amusement park by myself or something like that like in this case the only ride i guess i rode was the tram which does take you through with a guided tour of these like saharas and the plains and stuff like that or whatever um I didn't ride like the, they have this air balloon thing that's like a, on a string and it goes on a down. string on there. I don't, I don't like heights. I don't like slow heights, I guess, if that's, if that makes sense. Uh, like, I totally understand. I'm trying like, to find out like how much everything is like tickets. There we the go. The tickets itself, I think we're about 65, 69 for a 60, solo person. 65 for our day pass. There we yeah. Go. So it wasn't too bad as far as, I mean. And like, children between three and 11, everybody is 55. It, it, it's still pricey, but like if you compare it to Disneyland, which even for yeah. a local California, LA zip code area person was near two hundred dollars for one person for one day for one um, day for one day. Um, mm-hmm. For this, like to see as much as you get to see and walk around and stuff like that is pretty nice. Uh, okay. The customer service in the food areas weren't great, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, a lot of the uh, like the performance based things did weren't open when I was there, even mm. though I was there for like five or six hours. Um, but you know, I got to see. I got to see. Actually, do I have this? I this I should have pulled up earlier, but I didn't. There was a uh, the the female lions were all clustered up on this one little teeny tiny hill area. No, I don't. I didn't pull it up yet. Um, and one of them was, so in our household, when our cats give us their belly, we call them tummy sluts so that we can rub their tummy because um, we don't slut shame in our family. We like, we, we encourage um, tummy sluts. And uh, there was a lioness tummy slutting. And I immediately took a picture and sent it to Tristan because I was like, even in the wild. I love yep. when big cats do little cat shit. I know, but your toxic trait is, I'm going to pet that. I, I, I am very cautious with big animals. <laughs> I want to touch it, yeah. but I'm smart enough not to touch it. But, yeah, but but if not friend, why friend shape? Yeah, pretty much. Like when I see the cats, I go nuts. Like I want, I want to go to there. When I see the cats, when I see the gorillas, and when I see the chimpanzees, uh, I, I want to touch all of them. My top animals that I just cannot stop staring at. I love elephants. And if you ever take me to Africa and I ever get the, to see or even touch an elephant, I will cry. Yeah. I apologize. Elephants are amongst my favorite animals I, too. And I love orangutans. Orangutans are dope. Listen, the way the apes, the great apes, the way their eyes lock on you Ooh, and you're just yeah. like, bro, I'm so bro, sorry so that sorry. you're in that case. Yeah. Like, they yes. feel way too similar. The The fact yes. that people struggle with the idea that we, we have a common ancestor, like, have you ever seen a chimpanzee smoke a cigarette? Yep. You don't want to see a chimpanzee smoke a cigarette, <laughs> but when you do, you're like, that's a person. What fucking clubs do you hang out in? Good Lord, we're going to link in the bio. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's just like on on the internet sometimes. I didn't realize how many freaking restaurants they have at these parks. Good lord, yeah, a lot. Like there's those little like carts everywhere, but then there's like themed restaurants all around it and stuff like yeah. that. I think all I had was like a breakfast thing or something. Um, I ended up eating off off Menu. the thing because um, as a Californian, my my favorite Californian pizza is round table pizza, 
which only exists in 11 Western states. It does not exist here in Texas. So I went there. I ordered two pizzas. I wrapped up one of them to bring them back to Texas so that Tree could have some. And then I ate one in the hotel room. Okay. Let me think about this. Brown table pizza. Mm. The Italian Supreme. garlic Supreme. Oh, okay. See, I know. I know. I haven't had, I haven't had it. I don't know how long. I, every time I go back, I have to have some. When we lived in LA, we had one relatively close, but it was outside of delivery zone. So we, we had to drive to it. Um, and we did that for a while, you know, whenever we could afford it. But, um, if I go back to California, I always, I always need to need to get it and bring it back. And then you're just like, Oh fuck, I love this pizza. Um, because Texas, you might be surprised, has garbage pizza. <laughs> I have yet to find a pizza here in Texas that I'm just in love with. There's some fine pizza. I not do good. not know how I live in Arizona and there are shitty Mexican I food. I, well, because white supremacy. Where if you go on Yelp and they're like, and I see four stars reviews, I know that's all white people and it's. Yeah. But if I see. Have you seen that TikTok video where they explain how to pick out Asian cuisine? Yes. If it's 3.5, yeah. it's perfect. Go. The food is good. The service it's, is shit. And if that's the case, if the food is like, go. <laughs> yeah. And also adjust your head. Like this is, this is a queer and far theme. Adjust your mind for what is quality service yeah. in, in places where the culture is not your culture. Because listen, the more polite an Asian is, well, okay, let me let me just put it down to more specific. Japanese, I'm mixed Japanese. The more polite a Japanese person is, the less that motherfucker likes you. Likes you. There is regular ass polite, and then there is so much politeness that you feel special. Yeah. But you would they be don't. wrong. Mm -hmm. So if if Chinese are yelling at you while you're ordering food, they're probably excited that you're. They're very food. excited for food. Yeah. 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 So I, I think my, my favorite is like in, I don't know if you, did I, there's some of my favorite restaurants in uh, Santa Cruz where we sang at like the uh, Sawadee guys, if Sawadee is still in Santa Cruz, uh, California or Capitola, California, go. Um, but I remember I used to order food and I loved it. There was an uh, um, elderly man and he's like, no, I'm going to order for you. I'm like, Fine. Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, okay. Bye. See, the problem with being a Japanese <laughs> is that you can't substitute food in Japan. And no. if you have allergies, sorry. Mm. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. You can't substitute food. It's a, it's, it's, it's a combination of being both offensive and the cook does what the cook does. You right. will eat what the cook does. Okay. So I'm if you have an allergy, don't eat there. Pretty much. Well, in general, if you have an allergy, like, yeah, you're just probably fucked because like, listen, <laughs> I'm this is this is how strict it is. I'm surprised you get to order anything mm. that you don't just sit down and food just starts showing up. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. makes more sense to me in a culture that's like, no, you can't substitute. Um, and I'm fine with it because like the especially in sushi restaurants, like the way it's prepared and the way you're allowed to eat it. Yeah. Like the what happens here in America, that's not how we eat that food. It's not how you're supposed to eat um, the food. I know. I there's saw a couple how... authentic places. Um, and there was one nearby where we lived in LA. It was very expensive, of course, because of its authenticity. But they would come to your plate and be like, Don't put soy sauce on this. They yeah. Put don't. Their hands, you know, Pick or it up whatever. Your hands. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because sushi is a hand food. It's not a chopstick. It's not chopstick food. And you don't dip the rice. You don't dip the rice in soy sauce. Mm-mm. Sorry. Upside down. Upside down. Um, yeah, so there's a whole lot of things that just like are going to be different even as we move to, to Mexico. So, okay, I've been... I've only been to... I say only knowing that it is a privilege to travel internationally, but I've only been to France, England, Canada, Bahamas, and Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Mexico, I've, I hardly feel like I've been to Mexico because I've only been to Tijuana. <laughs> so, and it was just for a day and it was for work. And I went to one restaurant while I was there and it was brilliant food. It was amazing. But um, I don't feel like I've had like a proper, like a Mexico experience. Experience, yeah. Um, I, I stayed. You went, to a tur- you went to a tourist place. Right. Like, well, no, no, know. I didn't. I went to work. We were, I was working right. in the medical well, uh, tourism field. So right. first we went to dental offices and then we went to a restaurant near the dental office. So it wasn't even like in the oh, touristy okay. part of Tijuana. Tijuana. That being said, you drive through it and it's just like, oh, this is East LA. Um, yep. Except for like nobody speaks English in some cases, right. like the restaurant we went to. I, I, I just like, I was saying what Spanish I could. And then when I said even a little bit of English, glaze over and nobody at our table spoke a sufficient amount of Spanish. Everybody spoke a little, you know, and, um, I didn't know the name, the Spanish name for the kind of fish I was trying to order. And so I was just like that, like, I literally just pointed to somebody's dish that walked past and I was like, I want what that, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could order in Spanish was tres leches because obviously, (laughs) That's why I love dim sum. They dry- I love the dim sum because they come by on the trolleys and you get to see. And then I go, want that? I want that one too. Two, two, two of those. I don't know what they um, are. Cut them in half. But <laughs> what I'm hoping for is, I guess, you know, like some of it will probably feel familiar. I've lived in places where there's a large Mexican population all the time. And even right. though they're generationally, you know, maybe they're being generationally here. Like there's a place we go to here in, um, in Houston where sometimes the, the wait staff doesn't speak English and we're, you know, it's food ordering. Food ordering is a lot easier to do in Spanish than, um, you know, asking for directions necessarily. So like we don't really struggle in the restaurant. Um, but like being able to like say I'm allergic to cilantro. I haven't figured out how to say that yet. I keep forgetting to look it up, you know, and I, uh, I, honestly, I, and also get a card. So like that's True. what we did. We did in Italy. We just go like this. I have an allergy. So if you could just whatever. So mm. hopefully, I mean, I've heard they're very accommodating for. The thing allergies. with the cilantro is like, I know that I can just take Benadryl, but, oh, okay. I, but so like if it's cooked into the food, mm-hmm. I won't say no to that. Then I'll just be like, I'll oh, just okay. take a Benadryl. I'm going to go ahead and eat it. Okay. Um, if it's thrown fresh on top. Yeah. No, that I can't take. Like right. even a Bene- even though a Benadryl is going to help, I'm going to feel really sick before for a Benadryl couple of days. Kicks in, yeah, um, and and stuff. But if it's like kind of cooked into the food and it kind of pairs down a little bit, it's not as dramatic of a thing. But my most dramatic allergy that when it manifests is if I get a hint of m- more fresher cilantro because with cilantro it's a threefold allergy: touch, taste, ingest. Okay. Or smell, touch, smell, ingest. I can't. So if somebody were to eat a lot of cilantro and then make out with you. I would definitely feel the effect. I would have a swollen okay. tongue. Yeah. Um, internet, take notes. Don't, don't eat cilantro and then make out with uh-huh. me. And don't be putting cilantro in, in the, in the KY jelly. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. 
um, also don't use ky jelly because yeah synthetics also don't work for me don't work for me yeah, synthetic. okay um uh, yeah. oil-based guys i mean not oil but it's water-based water guys water -based. Water -based. Water -based. Okay. um yeah so so yeah it like i didn't get a chance to really do as much when i was in san diego it was a, a really quick turnaround of type of thing but at least i gave myself an activity to hold me over for that whole right. extra day down there good. because san diego's not my favorite California city. It is mm. very rich. It is very white. It is very racist. It is very Republican. Um, it's not a comfortable place. That being said, one of my favorite breakfast restaurants is in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Robert Walker. Richard Walker. Richard Walker. Breakfast. Um, I'm looking yeah. it up. It's a. It's in the uh, gas lamp district. Brit. Okay. This is how popular this restaurant is because all I had to do was Richard Walker. And, and the up, first yeah. thing that pops up is Richard Walker Pancake House, San Diego. It's very good. I'm going That there was right also now. a place that I went to when I went to San Diego Comic Con. No, no. It was when I worked for Top Chef. I went to work for Top Chef. I had a day off. I went to go get breakfast. And I stood in line to get into there. And it was very delicious. And this I went by myself. This is a fancy website for a breakfast joint. I'll tell you. It's that not right cheap now. either. Like I, I, I saw the line and I was like, oh, I'll just line up for that food. And then I get in there and I was like, fuck. Because I was working for Top Chef, which was like 12 hour days, $9 an hour. Like the breakdown was essentially $9 a an hour. A cup of milk is $4.50. Welcome to California. Okay. Um, a Coke, $4.50. Yeah, yeah. No, but the breakfast is very good. That being said, I don't particularly like San Diego. I only go to San Diego for Comic-Con. Uh, I, I have spent some time in Oceanside because I have nieces and nephews out there. But Miracasa College I really like. And my experiences with being a part of the Black and Brown and, and the Black Nerds Expo, um, those experiences are great. So I'm on board for them. Like whenever they, they say, hey, we have an event, we want you out, I'm going to always go to that event. So had the event had taken place in LA and it's like, you need to stay an extra day to make it cheaper. I'd be like, dope. I'm home. I can do whatever the fuck I want in LA. But in San Diego, I don't feel that comfortable. So, um, making my day get filled with going to the park helped. And then after that, I just went to the hotel and, you know, ate my round table pizza. So, oh no, very good weekend trip to San Diego. Um, would, and so would you recommend, like, did you, would you recommend for, any of the groups that we that we you know belong to what yeah. do you think yeah i mean I, I i saw like inside their gift shop whatever thing they had so if it was like their gorilla thing or their this or that if they had like um a card or a magnet or something like that they also had a pride version mm -hmm. you know so oh. it'd be like you know, you might see like a magnet that had the gorilla, but there was be and it was in blue or something. And then the next one would be like, oh, pride colors or something like that. Hmm. So they had some pride stuff just in the shop. So it wasn't just like, ah, pride, but it was just like available. Right. You know? Okay. Which is one of those things we kind of like is like, you know, you, you, you just want to live your life. And if something happens to have, you know, something for you, you're like, oh, dope. That's for me. Right. Yeah. Um, so things like that was nice. The having a place to walk around like honestly if i lived there i'd probably get an annual pass just so that i could do my exercise walks there you know? it's a big park it's a huge park it's big there's some areas that are very peaceful like the where the lanterns and the and the, the it, little water flows are you can just sit there and listen to the babble of the water and not really be bothered it's really and nice. and honestly speaking like 65 dollars for an adult now i get it that's a i'm speaking from a place of privilege because 65 dollars like you know that's it that's a couple days worth of food. I, yeah, I totally yeah. get it. 
But if you think about how much upkeep it is to feed this type, these, those types of animals and medical care and keeping electricity on and water. And also they're a conservation organization. So they're actually trying to bring back. So there are less than three Mm -hmm. and only female white rhinos in Mm. the world, I think. Yeah. Or there's less than 11 or something like that, but three of them are at the park. I forget exactly. Something about three for sure. So they're actually trying to take like, they're trying to bring it back by finding the, 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 or ones, or maybe they're all male and they don't have a female. So they're taking the other kind of rhino mm-hmm. so they can try to gestate mm-hmm. the white okay. rhino and try to bring it back or something like that. Um, they're the reason why the condor didn't go all the way out mm-hmm. of existence. That's actually why it was created. Didn't they do also something with wolves? Uh, I think they did too. Yeah. So there's a few, but years a- ago. There's a I mean, few years. animals that they like brought back from the brink of extinction yeah. to, to release back out and stuff like okay. that too. And so, so like what you're paying for, get, given how much more you pay for Disneyland, and I understand mm-hmm. Disneyland is like entertainment, 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 but yeah. this is like saving animal lives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, they're in captivity, but all these animals at this point have been born in captivity. These are all... Right born from the previous ones for the most part right. um, or they get them from a rescue from another zoo or something like that and in those or cases they're private kind of separate private people private yeah. ownership or something like mm-hmm. that too so it, it is um more so i know that san diego zoo and the the safari park are part of the same organization but i think what i what i enjoy the feels of the safari park more than san diego zoo which i haven't been to in about 15 years I think I I went with my niece and nephew when they were little um is that you feel like uh, animals have a crack at being kind of regular you know they're they the ones that are in the safari part of it aren't under threat of being attacked by a lion or a cheetah or anything like that but so they're probably really chill (laughs) they probably don't have anxiety (laughs) and stuff like that but they're just living their lives, you know? Um, and I think that is, that is a nice thing to be able to witness without being too intrusive. I mm-hmm. think probably the most intrusive part is the kangaroo section because yeah. you can interact with them if they come close enough to you. Um, like I, like I saw one of the dominant males kind of smack one of the younger males who was trying to puff up and he was like, you're cute next time, next time. Um, but like if that turned into a big brawl, there was like 20 fucking kangaroo right there. Yeah. That could have been, we could have been in risk, you know, so it's actually yeah. not probably, I mean, I don't know. How, I assume no one's been hurt there. Otherwise they wouldn't leave it that open. But all I know is that I was about 12 to 15 feet away from a, a Kanga and her roo, And I was very excited about that. So, and emotional. As you, you were know. a very, you're very adorable. So I don't. I prefer well, animals to people. I, agreed. I prefer animals to people. I, if you showed me a homeless person next to a homeless dog, I'm going to be like, that poor dog. It'll take me a beat until I see the person. That's, that's, that's me. All right. I don't want to make this. It's already two hours. She has a lot Remember of, what I, said? Yeah. I know, but you, you know, but he, technically, technically we didn't start filming until the 12, uh, two 30, but still technically, the record technically. time is 120. Yeah. Technically. One, technically. One. Well, we're going to come on. You, there's a lot in here. There's fluff in here that we're just going to cut up. Yeah. Oh, anyway, it's not it's gonna cut like five minutes out it's not gonna be enough so um 
we we have okay everybody internet it's 120 days synchronize no, your watches 102 days 102 days 102 days synchronized watches Clickly. okay days i right. am going to actually be trying to document something on my so i used to be a travel agent but i recently quit doing that because um i can't make any money doing it um without working 24 hours a day and i'm not gonna do that shit to myself mm -hmm. so my travel by main travel agent website i am transitioning into a blog for the travel that I do nice. by me. Um, so I'm going to try to start documenting my process and then like also it. pair it to what we're doing here on the show because this show is about travel in general, not specifically necessarily mine, although I share a lot of my travel, obviously, on the show. Um, but in preparation for this, this is going to be like the, the expat part. Right. Um, the me preparing for my transition specifically out of the country and then whatever I can cross over, I will. Uh, so I'm going to start, I'm starting to work on that. So once I hit a hundred days, my goal, which don't even try to keep me honest, cause I'm totally going to fail it. A uh, hundred days. I'm going to try to post something every single okay. day Go for a hundred days, at least if I can, right. we'll have a lot. So everybody again, synchronized watches. <laughs> okay. 102 days. Okay. All right. We are waxed. Faxed and, and fully packed. packed. Let's go. We're, We're in the process of We're packing. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Thank you, Internet. Let's we'll go. see you next time. Bye. Bye. Queer and Far is a main hustle media podcast, produced and edited by Charmaine Fury, co-hosted by Charmaine Fury, aka The Blazing Blurred, and Shane Anigans. Music is Big Band Savage Jazz by Pine Groove. If you like what you've heard on Queer and Far, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net.